Welcome to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio Podcast. I'm Heidi Rue, one of the co-founders with my husband, Mike Stout. And Atlanta VoiceOver Studio exists to equip, inspire, and elevate by giving you the resources that you need to create the voiceover career that you want. And this podcast features conversations with industry professionals that are geared to give you more insight into the world of voiceover. And today's topic is one that is especially needed and we get asked about a lot about LinkedIn and how do I use LinkedIn to build my voiceover career? Well, Tracy Lindley is with me today and I'm so excited to have her on. She's a voice talent, so she's worked with clients like Amazon, Walmart, Visa, LG, McDonald's, and a ton more. She's a wife. She's a mom to four kids. That's right. And she has a phenomenal voiceover career. Not only that, but she discovered how to use LinkedIn to be able to help her voiceover career. And the things that she learned, she turned into kind of curriculum to be able to help you. So she's the creator of something called the LinkedIn Edge for freelancers and the VO Edge specifically for voiceover actors. It's a tool that will help you discover how to use LinkedIn to build your career, whether you're a freelancer or a VO talent. Let's jump right in. Tell me about your first experience with VO. This wasn't necessarily what you kind of set out to do, but it fell into your lap a little bit. So can you tell me about that? Sure. Yeah, I actually don't come from an acting background of any kind. I don't live in a place where acting is pretty common. Um, I live in St. Joseph, Missouri, and nobody here has ever even heard of voice acting or voiceover. Anytime I talk to somebody, they're like, what's voiceover? Are you on the radio? Are you a DJ? Like they don't understand. (laughs) So I just kind of drop a few brands or, you know, clients that I work with and just say, it's that voice you hear when you don't see anybody. And it can be for TV or radio or all kinds of other things that you probably haven't even thought about. Um, But I had a I had an internship because I'm a communications major. So in college, I had an internship at the local cable station. And I was thinking for a minute that I would sell um, like spots on the air. But I did not end up loving that at all. I don't like sales, so I don't even know why I thought I wanted to do that. But that's why every college student should do an internship, at least to find out what they don't like. (laughs) Completely agree. But the great part was that I had a producer that, you know, he listened to my voice and he was like, it's really nice and clear and it's a great tone and you enunciate well. So would you read this? And he hands me a piece of paper. So I'm like, okay, why not? So I'd never even done a voiceover, heard the term voiceover. So he he walks me into this tiny little padded closet, like really small. And um, and then he gets on the other side in the studio and I can hear him through the headphones. And he's like, OK, go ahead. So I read it top to bottom. And he's like, oh, that was really good. That was 32 seconds. So we're just going to, you know, he starts doing the thing where you got to read it quicker. And he starts giving me a little bit of direction. But I didn't really stumble much. I was I found out I was great at cold reading and I knew when to inflect and what sort of tone to take. And I just kind of did it naturally. So it just happened for me. And years go by. By the time I had baby number three, the guy was still calling me. And by that time, I had quit um, working there and I started working as a claims adjuster of all things, which I also did not love. But it was a job. And that's what I could get out of college that looked halfway decent and, you know, not stressful. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And it was it was good pay and stuff and great benefits. But then by the time 
I had my first baby, I quit to be a stay-at-home mom. Fast forward even a few more years, and I've got three babies. I'm carrying one around in a car carrier thing, and I've got a, a couple toddlers that I'm trying to entertain in the studio. Like, okay, guys, be really quiet and sit in color. And the, the guy was super cool. Um, I would never do that now. <laughs> but these were all like smaller town kind of opportunities. So anyway, I just realized, I told him, I was like, hey, I can't, I really can't do this anymore. Um, it's it's not worth it to me. And I don't want to drag my kids around or, you know, find a babysitter for the amount of money that I'm getting. So I'm out. And then he said to me, he asked me if I'd ever heard of people doing this from home. And he told me that the term what this was is it's called voiceover. And I immediately took that and got on the internet and started looking at everything. I ended up you know, I tried to do some things on my own because, of course, I was like everybody else, no money in the beginning or not sure how much to invest because, um, you know, I didn't know if I'd be any good at it, if I'd like it. I just kind of it's hard to dip your toe into voiceover. <laughs> it just is because you've got to have in order to book a job, you've got to have a home studio. You need to have a some kind of, you know, demo to show the the person that's hiring you and you need to have a website, a decent, you know, you need to be out there on social media, but there were all of these things and I had nothing. Um, So of course I floundered around, didn't get anywhere for uh, many months. And then I started training with a studio online and got a demo made a couple of them. I started with commercial and narration and I bought a package where I could get some classes and training one-on-one, just a little bit of training is all I could afford. And then they went ahead and made me a couple of demos. And because I kind of had a, a natural ability and I'd already been doing it a little bit, maybe that helped. So anyway, I, I take it and and go from there and just kind of try to build a business from there. But that is where LinkedIn started being so prominent for me. What are those thoughts that are going through your mind? I mean, you have the demo, you have the training. Were you like, now what? Or yeah. did you have at least a little direction? Or what, what were some of your first steps? Well, I remember very distinctly that frustration of, I really want to book work, but I don't know how. And I hear that a lot from people now, and it's not in the far distant future or past for me to where I can't remember. I absolutely remember that feeling of being ready to work and can't find any business. So um, I did try a pay to play or two, but it was frustrating. And also my recording space was just not up to par. So you can't book if you don't have a great recording space or halfway decent I am not kidding, Heidi. My first booth, I'm going to tell you this, and I don't think I've ever told anyone else in an interview. It was a cardboard refrigerator box with mattress topper. No <laughs> I am way. not kidding you. And I oh had a gosh. blue snowball microphone. It was horrible. And I had no space. We were living in this tiny, tiny, tiny house while we were looking for other houses. And my husband had recently changed jobs. So... Um, We were just kind of in between things and in transition. And we had to live in this place where there was no space. It was a very small home with three bedrooms and one bathroom, no closets, um, one level, but then this terrible concrete basement. But the terrible concrete basement is where I went. (laughs) 
It was so echoey and so bad. I kept some of those recordings just to remind me of where I have come from and being grateful of where I am now. But that I just wanted to share that because we all start somewhere. Was there ever a time where you're just like, why am I doing this? Is this going to really pan out to anything? Did that ever go through your mind or were you just like, look, I put in the money, I put in the time, I'm just going to give it a shot. There was something about this career that I knew it was for me. And it's almost like that certainty when I started dating my husband and after eight days, I knew he was the one. And I like wrote a little letter and tucked it away like the dork I was. But when you know you know, and I knew, it was kind of like that same thing where after baby number four, I was like, I'm done. You know when you know when you know. (laughs) And there are not a lot of circumstances in life where you feel so strongly about something. Maybe maybe you do. I am a waffler. I will waffle in my decisions sometimes, but not this one. I knew that I wanted to do it. I was good at it. I loved it. I had the business savvy. I had the people skills. And I love just talking to people and and listening to how I can help them. And so I just knew. And if it took a while to get there, so be it. But it hasn't. <laughs> I'm so curious, though, where did you get from that initial start to figuring out that LinkedIn is kind of the way to go to try and get clients? Well, um, I had somebody tell me that As soon as I got on, you know, as soon as he saw on Facebook that I was stepping, I I said, I'm a voice actor now because you have to just own it and declare it and say, this is who I am and this is what I do. Um, And he 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 gave me two pieces of advice. He said, well, now you need to get on LinkedIn. And the other thing he said is now you need to get on Fiverr. So I rejected the Fiverr. I kept LinkedIn. (laughs) Good, good. Because that's that's what we need to do with every piece of advice. You need to weigh it and decide what you feel is right for you. And I said no to Fiverr and yes to LinkedIn. So I get on LinkedIn and, you know, I tried to make my profile as nice as I could. And I did scout around. I did do my research and tried to find out how to make the profile look good. And for a while, it just kind of sat there and, you know, I would listen to the suggestions. You know, LinkedIn pops in suggestions like, do you want to connect with so-and-so or this person's in your network or this person's, you know, you can connect your um, like your Hotmail, Gmail, Yahoo, whatever you've got account. And it'll help you find those people on LinkedIn because usually their email address is listed. Anyway, I don't know the magic behind the curtain, but it matches you. So I was connecting with people here and there. And um Nothing really happened because I was using it like a lot of people do, which is just another social media platform. And it just kind of sits there and I'm just supposed to be on LinkedIn. So I would never post. I would never engage. I really wasn't using it. And I was still doing the pay to plays until one day someone sent me a message and he was like, hey, I see that you're a voice actor. This is somebody I'd connected with somehow because I think he was in a local area to me or had a connection in Comet or something. And he said, um, I've got this script here. Could you quote me for it? I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I frantically decided I need to come up with a rate sheet. I didn't really have that. <laughs> 
But I quoted him and it ended up, you know, not going my way that particular time. But then several months later, he came back and copied and pasted the script and said, hey, we're going to pay this much. And um, could you please give me a sample? So it was a little bit more straightforward that time. And ever since that conversation, that was in that was probably um, well, the initial conversation was late 2015. And I had just started in voiceover in I started researching in January 2014 and then got my demos and stuff. And so I was ready by the end of fall 2014. So fast forward another year, and that's when I started kind of using LinkedIn more. But then in 2016 was this message from this guy, and he ended up hiring me. Um, he didn't direct me. He just said, record it on your own, and he was super happy with it. We still work together today. He does a lot of, oh, he's great. He does a lot of nonprofit stuff, so I really enjoy that. Okay, so then, though, with the LinkedIn thing, not just, so that conversation happened, that job happened, and something in my brain clicked. It was like, oh, this is a free tool that I have been ignoring and now I'm going to start using it. So I started connecting and for a while I was just like hitting the button. But then I was like, oh, what will happen if I start personalizing the invitations? So I started doing that, seeing much better results. People would actually write back. And then I could get um, to the next level by sending an introductory message like this is me. And um, and I teach that I, I do the same method now that worked then. And I've, you know, I've, I've learned some more tricks along the way and upgraded things. But um, that's basically the process. And so I get to FAFCON, which is, um, I don't think, have you ever been to FAFCON, Heidi? I haven't, no. And I, they don't do it anymore, right? Right. They just stopped. And so I missed it. Yeah. I know. It was such a great conference. And it started long before I was in the industry. Um, but I went in 2016, which I believe was FAFCON 8, because then I went the following year for nine and we're still waiting for 10 to happen. It's been postponed for various reasons, but we we cannot have the closure and the finality without number 10. So hopefully it'll happen. So this was 2016. I go to FAFCON and in this particular type of conference, you can volunteer and say, hey, I have this topic and you stick it up on the wall and people use their stickers and vote on it. So I thought, you know, what have I got to lose? I am a complete newbie compared to almost everybody here because it's basically a conference for people who are already working pros or um, the conference directors will pick some people who they think have potential and they're brand new. And I guess I somehow made the cut. I decided I've got nothing to lose. My self-talk inside is like, if you don't do it, you're going to regret it. So I was like, fine. I put the card on the wall and expect not that much interaction. So I put up LinkedIn marketing. So I go back after, you know, the time has elapsed of when you can vote. It's covered with stickers, literally covered. I still have the card. And OK, I was like, oh, no, now I have to come up with a with a with a talk on the fly and I could barely function for like the next 24 hours until it was my turn to give this class. And I distinctly remember it being after lunch and I could not eat. I was so nervous. And for me not to be able to eat, it's, right. it's <laughs> dire. So I get up there. There's a packed room, man. Everybody's taking notes while I'm talking. And these are people that I really look up to in the industry. If I named names, you would be like, wow, they were taking notes. So 
I was completely floored and I couldn't believe that something that I thought everybody did, everybody doesn't. As I put those pieces together, uh, so after that conference, uh, well, that particular talk, I had people coming up to me afterwards saying, great job. I can't. This is amazing. I can't wait to try it. Someone else invited me to their um, like their marketing group thing once a month. Somebody else said, can I be your accountability partner? Somebody else said, I will trade you time for time if you teach me this. And this was a prominent person. So I was like, "Okay, this is something people want and hasn't been done. So after that, I started having requests for consultations and profile evaluations. And for a while, I just gave free advice because I didn't think I needed to charge for my friends. But then I started to realize how much time it was taking. And at that point, I still had, uh, you know, Alina wasn't even two yet. So I was slammed with parenting and I did not have time to be helping people for free. So I started charging And then it just evolved to where I'm like, I need a digital product because I don't have time to teach people the same thing over and over and over. So that's when I created the LinkedIn Edge. And then it evolved even further at the end of last year to where I revamped the whole thing. And I have like I had new branding and like it looked really nice. It it didn't look so great before, but I was proud of it anyway. But then I got a professional person to create a lovely logo and I had branding colors and branding fonts and all the pretty things. I changed it to where the LinkedIn edge is for freelancers in general and the VO edge is for voice actors specifically. And gotcha, it keeps evolving. So that's great. What happens, though, when somebody first sets up a LinkedIn page? What are some of those initial mistakes that most people make? Well, first of all, people don't fill it out. They just kind of slap a picture up there, get past the contact information, eh, maybe paste their resume into the about section and eh, I'm tired now, walk away. And they never finish. That's like about 50% of the people on LinkedIn never finish their profile. The biggest mistake that anyone can make is to not fill it out completely. Even if you aren't sure if it's right or not, it's better to fill it out completely than not at all. There's a student that just came through our beginner intensive, and he actually works for an accounting company. And he had a question that I thought, man, I'm just going to ask Tracy since she's going to be on with us. He was saying, okay, so if he has this full-time job working with accounting company, should he create a whole separate LinkedIn page just for the VO work? Or is that something that you should combine? That's one of the number one questions I get, Heidi. And I have to go with what LinkedIn does have some rules. There's not a ton of rules, but one of the rules is you can only have one personal profile. So if you're now you can have multiple business pages. So I have one for Tracy Lindley voiceovers and then I have one for the LinkedIn Edge. And you could do the same thing like with your voiceover career and with the studio, that sort of thing. You can only have one personal profile because we're all only one body. We are one human. So even if you are multifaceted, the best thing to do is to create two job listings. Like say, I'm an accountant and then another job listing of I'm a voice actor. And then you can set it to where it's got the proper start times, but then you can put that you currently work at both. And then you can choose which one you want to display first, because you can only choose one that's going to show up under your headline and um, and be like the first one that people see. 
But what I always say is to try to weave the two together. You could say on your voiceover page that you have, because you're an accountant, you're detailed, you're timely, you understand the business world and you enjoy finances. And maybe then, and when you go to your voiceover section, you're, you're saying, I, I've taken those things and, and I, I specialize in e-learning for financial industries, but you don't want to pigeonhole yourself too much. But you could say something about how you enjoy learning. So say a teacher, a teacher could say, I'm a natural teacher. I'm a natural curious person. So I enjoy doing e-learning and corporate videos for that reason, you know, for the accounting person. Weave it all together, but it has to be one profile. Okay, that makes so much sense. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I know you've worked with so many different people, both with voiceover and other industries with their LinkedIn page. Do you have like what you feel like would be a huge success story? I talked to somebody on LinkedIn and had a conversation and he ended up introducing me to the producer that I work with now at Realtor.com. And they've been a great client since Oh, gosh, I want to say the end of 2016, but I started to work with them. And you'll see me posting things from Realtor.com all the time because they're creating this content to be shared and to be enjoyed. So sometimes we're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should share this or not. Oh, I don't know if I should tag the company or not. Um, And a lot of things are confidential. So especially like e-learning work. Do you do e-learning, Heidi? Um, A little bit here and there. A lot of times they want to keep that stuff under wraps because it's very internalized. But with this particular company, uh, the producer started say, sharing the video links and saying good job and stuff. And I took that to mean, uh, go ahead and share it. So I started to and then he started liking my stuff. So I was like, OK, it's cool. So and now we've gotten to know each other really well. We, um, you know, we have an easy relationship and we're on a Slack channel with the other freelancers. It's super, super fun. But that never would have happened if I hadn't met the person that knew this guy that referred me to him personally. And now they're one of they're one of my best clients. That is so awesome. What's one thing that somebody could do right now? Like if they were listening to this podcast and they're like, "Okay, I've got a few minutes. What's one thing that they could do right now to enhance their LinkedIn page? Well, I can't just give one tip. (laughs) um, I'll try to I'll try to briefly give you some easy tips. So. First of all, professional headshot. You're the queen of that, Heidi. Your headshots are lovely. They are looking straightforward. I'm sure you have like some that are more like cool and sexy, but the most of the stuff, your branding is a very approachable brand. And regardless of someone's brand, on LinkedIn, you need to be approachable. So um, be looking at the camera, be smiling, and look like somebody that we would all like to meet. So that's one for your profile picture. As far as the background graphic, the one behind, don't leave it that blue, like stratosphere looking thing. You must personalize that. And let me tell you, it's a pain. I hired that out to a graphic designer. I would recommend that people do that. I do have in my course a template people can use, but it's still rolling the dice whether the dimensions will actually work and function well, because it is such a pain. So get together with a graphic designer, do it once and don't bother with it again, because I don't think it needs to be changed. But when you make that graphic in the back, put your um, contact information on there, just the website and email address. That way, someone does not need to be connected with you in order to see that and to be able to get a hold of you. So there's a couple of tips. Um, When you get to the about section, you must write that in first person for LinkedIn. 
because it's almost like think of I always tell people like think of it as a networking opportunity. If you were at some sort of business networking opportunity event, you would not introduce yourself and shake hands in third person. So on LinkedIn, it's the same. So first person. And I would not duplicate other copy or resumes. Anytime you're working with, you know, search engine optimization, it's not good to duplicate the copy word for word. And that that's the same for websites and stuff. I've picked that up because I work with voice actor websites who are yeah, awesome. they're great. Yes, they're wonderful. So that's one little tip I've learned from them. Yeah. So don't yeah. duplicate anything in your LinkedIn profile either. You're saying we can't take our bio that's on the website and just copy and paste it into LinkedIn. Nope. Okay, got it. And I always tell people, you know, try to make it fun. It's a conversation. It's still a social network. And even though people think of it as really stuffy and prim and proper, it's not. People in business are people. Just try to think about what you might say on Instagram, but you get a lot more space and you get to post links in LinkedIn. That annoys me so much about Instagram that you can't post links. I know. I know. It is. It's so annoying. LinkedIn, obviously, like the the goal is to be able to connect with clients, potential clients or maybe past clients. What are some of the do's and don'ts or just one do and don't um, of connecting with those clients? Because I think that at least for me and as some of the other people that I've talked with, that's kind of the thing that's scary is like uh, reaching out to these people and I don't know. And like, how, what do I say? And how do I say it? And how do I not come across annoying? Or do you have any tips for us with those? Yes, the do's and don'ts? I will share one do and one don't. Okay, one do is to think about how you can add value to that person. Don't think about yourself. You're thinking about you're having a client focused attitude. So when you come to somebody you do think of it as building a relationship, as this is the first step. So you are looking at what you can do to solve their problem. So that's the do. The don't is don't be spammy. And it's kind of the opposite of that coin is don't think just of yourself. Don't beg them to listen to your demo. Just put it out there, like drop the link after your name and leave it. Don't be too needy and spammy. And um, I would also say don't ever just ask someone to like invite someone to work with you. Don't 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 not personalize the invitation. I don't know how else to say that, but don't click connect. Um, If you're on mobile, you have to go to the three little dots and it it will say personalized invite or invitation. But when you're on desktop, which is where I am usually working, then you would you want to put in um, to connect with when you hit connect, it'll take you to the next screen, which says, you know, you can personalize it. So personalize it every time. Okay, got it. Tracy, thank you so much for sharing those tips. I really, really appreciate it. And how can people find out more information about LinkedIn Edge and then VO Edge, right? Did I say that right? Yes. VO Edge and LinkedIn Edge. Okay, great. And right now I have those on two websites, but they will soon be combined into one. But anyway, the LinkedIn Edge is the one for general freelancers. And that's where I'm putting everything. I'm in the process of moving everything to. But in the meantime, I also have the VO edge, and that is specifically for voice actors. And I think it it applies to what actors are doing as well. But a lot of times, I mean, don't don't a lot of actors do both. 
Yes, absolutely. And I've already gone through your program and it was wonderful. And I applied the principles to on camera as well as voiceover. So it was very helpful. That is so great to hear. Thank you, Heidi. I'm so glad you liked it. Social media, it's every single platform is like this whole new world. And so to be able to have a guide like you to be able to help walk us through everything and make sure that we, you know, have all the boxes checked and are using it the way that can help build our career, it's just invaluable. So thank you so much, Tracy. Oh, you're welcome. And of course, I will put all the information of where you can find that in the show notes. So you can just click on the links there. And please continue to follow Atlanta VoiceOver Studio podcast. And we'll have another great interview for you next month. 